Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hengeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with University of Georgia track and field athlete, Kyle Garland. Kyle, we appreciate the time this evening. I appreciate y'all for having me on. I really do. Of course. Now, we've had a few track and field athletes have uh, appeared on the podcast uh, some recently um, as far as like last week. So we've had some, but you know, all of them are different. So in your case, you know, how has your, you know, off season been so far? And I know you were competing over the summer mm-hmm. say in the world championship. So, you know, how have you kind of felt or have handled, you know, since coming back from that? This offseason has actually been pretty, pretty good so far. I mean, we got off to a good foot, coaches and everything, all the athletes on the team. We've kind of really been ready for this season, kind of have a chip on our shoulder. But me as well, I mean, I definitely do have a chip on my shoulder also. Coming off World Championships, it was a great season last year. And I mean, I was really excited with the progress that I made over uh, and throughout last season. But it was good to kind of get a little bit of time to decompress, kind of just reflect on everything that have happened throughout the season. I mean, it was a lot of highs and lows and, you know, some great moments there as well that I was able to share with my coaches, family and friends and everything. But, you know, good to kind of decompress and get some some much needed rest after a long season. And now kind of just gear back up, getting my body and my mind ready for what's to come next season. And, you know, hopefully there's a lot of a lot of good marks coming and everything. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. What what is it like when Kyle Garland gets his mind right and gets his body right? It's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of I wouldn't I wouldn't call them mood swings per se, but I definitely know how to balance my my fun and you know just my recreational time from just my you know focused in track and field mindset. So, I mean, I, I take my outgoing manner and, and everything that I do into the track. You know, I, I love to to get my my teammates and everything into everything with me. You know, um, good energy, um, great practices, a lot of laughter. But, you know, my mindset also is once I get to practice, it's time to go to work. So, I mean, I have a good time and, um, you know, I enjoy the moments being out there on the track. But when it's really time to get going and when it's time to start that workout, my mindset switches from okay, this is some recreational to yeah, I'm 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 at my job, you know, and this is this is what I what I want to do um, as my source of income over the next couple of years. So I got to kind of treat it like that as of right now. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you go by the nickname uh, on Instagram, Freight Train. Yes. Um, tell us about that and like <clears throat> how did that start? Um, that started, um, last season, the beginning of last season at around this time, uh, last year when we got our whole new coaching staff, um, our head coach, Carol Smith Gilbert, we were doing a a testing day before official practice had actually started. And, um, we were doing like a flying 30 or whatever, and it's my turn to go. And, uh, coach Carol just looks at me. She's like, "Uh Oh, it's a freight train coming down the track. And she was like, you know what? I like that. I think I'm gonna let it stick. And, you know, I kind of was like, okay, that's cool. It kind of, 
it kind of embodies my size and everything. I'm a huge guy, six, five, around 225 or so pounds. And, you know, I think that's, that kind of just fit me well. So I was like, you know what, I think I'm gonna run with that and kind of, kind of make that like my, my little track and field personality. Like, you know, guys like, like LeBron, the King and Kobe, uh, the late Kobe, Black Mamba and everything. You know, I kind of, kind of want to run with something as well. And I think freight train is kind of going to start taking off. So I'm excited to get that rolling over the next couple couple of years. You just mentioned six five. Were you always that size, or like how long did it take you to kind of build into your body and, and get that big and really develop that nickname? I guess definitely took a while. I mean, I've always been one of the bigger guys. I actually grew pretty quickly um, throughout my middle school years, and um, I was. It's actually pretty short at the start of my sixth grade year, about five feet tall. And within a year, I grew seven, eight inches, just just like that. And ever since I started growing, I pretty much didn't really stop until I got into college. So I've always been a taller guy and, you know, I'm, I can put on weight pretty easily. And I kind of, you know, was using that to my abilities. I'm, I, I was able to figure out that my size is not going to hinder me from being fast. So I can still be pretty fast and jump very well, jump high and far in the long jump and high jump. But I also have my strength. My big frame allows me to throw well. So, you know, I kind of, it kind of took me a little while to grow into this body. I mean, being a younger kid, 15, 16 years old, six one, six two, and about 175 pounds is pretty tough to get used to that. But, you know, as the years went on and I started gaining weight, started maturing and everything, my body began to mature. It kind of kind of came easy to me. And I've, I've kind of just gotten used to, you know, carrying a little bit extra weight. When you were in high school, you were coached by your father, Keith, yes. uh, on the track and field. Talk about that relationship. How was that like? And, you know, is he your why and motivation to continue to compete at a daily level? Yeah, um, training with my dad was, you know, it was a great time for the most part. I mean, I think training with him kind of is what gave me that little sense of edge as of right now in my in my career. Um, because when I was training with him, it was like never really a moment where we could slack. I mean, there was always times where we were talking about track, whether we weren't actually out at the track at practice. We were just talking about it. You know, I, I woke up every morning. And my dad was there saying some some motivational saying or, you know, like, all right, we got to get up and go work out, whatever it was. So it was like over the years, just him drilling that into my head, it kind of, you know, made me like made that as more of a routine just to like know that, OK, like sometimes I can have some fun. I can go out, do what I need to do. But when it's time to work, it's time to work. So, you know, I mean, having him there was was a great transition going into college and I mean, I definitely do want to like use my dad as like some of my motivation. He was a track athlete growing up as well. Ran um, in high school in his first couple of years of college. He was a very solid athlete. He was a short sprinter, 100 and 200 guys. So, you know, I wanted to take a different path. I didn't want to do exactly what he did. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to stay in the track and field realm and, and you know, kind of following his footsteps and fill some big shoes. Now, focusing on on the path, you know, your path to the University of Georgia might be a little bit different than than some track and field athletes. You know, you grew up in Philadelphia, went to school in Germantown Academy. Talk about what that was. You know, was it a culture shock when you first arrived on campus in Georgia? And, you know, was that different for you because you just were 
so used to living and going to school in the East Coast? Yeah, it definitely was a huge difference. Um, you know, growing up in the city of Philadelphia is a lot, lot different than Athens, Georgia. You know, it's, it's two completely different cultures. I mean, even looking at Northern culture as opposed to Southern culture, it's just a completely different vibe, a completely different mindset. So, you know, that was, that was something I kind of had to get used to. And it took a little bit of my, my first year, first semester, my first year or so to kind of really get used to that. Um, it definitely was tough. Um, had some, some areas where I felt homesick, but you know, I mean, I kind of got used to it and I was like, okay, now, now this is just what I got to get comfortable with. This is a part of becoming a young man. I mean, this is a part of maturing um for me in the path that I wanted to take it's like there's going to be a lot of traveling that I have to do in my life in the future and you know I kind of kind of use this as my first I guess trial period I if you want to call it that you know just just moving into a whole new place kind of getting a feel for a new type of environment of living and, and you know just making the most of it why Georgia why did he choose the Bulldogs when I was in the recruiting process um the history of the decathlon here at the University of Georgia was huge. At the tutelage of Petros Kiprianu, you know, he was the Maltese guru here at the University of Georgia and had grown and bred some of the best decathletes in the NCAA and across the globe, you know. So just being able to, to fulfill that culture, um, I knew that coming in here um, as a freshman, I wasn't going to be the best guy. And um, if there were other schools that I decided to go to, I probably would have been one of the best, if not the best guy to, to be on that roster. And that's not what I wanted. I told myself going into school that I didn't just want to be the best decathlete in the NCAA, but I wanted to be the best to ever do it. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that with, without a really good training group. So um, coming down here to University of Georgia was a no-brainer because of the decathletes that we had currently competing, as well as the decathletes that were training here at the time. And I knew Petros was a, was a really, really great coach. So you came uh, in 2019, you were a redshirt freshman. How do you think you've changed from that point to where you are now? I would say I changed a lot, if I'm being completely honest. I think um, my knowledge of the sport has kind of grown. I think I understand more of the politics of track and field, I would say. And I think I, I'm starting, and I still am growing in this area a lot, but I'm starting to really understand what this means for me. Um, I kind of was, was coming into school and doing track and field for a lot of other people, you know, to make people back home proud and, and you know, to, to really represent wearing the, the G and everything. But I guess I'm starting to realize now it's like, this is, this is my life. And, you know, this is how I'm going to make money. This is how I'm going to support my family in the future. This is how I'm going to support my own self in the future. And I think I'm just really starting to understand, like, what that really means and the weight that, you know, the decathlon can hold, especially to be named one of the best decathletes, if not the best decathlete to ever do it as um, a world record holder that could, that could happen in the future. So, you know, just being in the conversation with a lot of the best decathletes in the world and now, you know, actually understanding what that means is, is, has allowed me to mature uh, greatly. Yo, there are many events coming up in the world of sports. It'd be great to be in attendance for such. Where can we get tickets? SeatGeek. You see, SeatGeek is an app that can help you find the best seats with the best deals. SeatGeek shows you different tickets available with green being the best deals and red not being the hot deals. 
The best part is it shows you where you'll be sitting at the event. If you use the code SPORTSMECCA, you could get $20 off your first purchase. Get your seat at SeatGeek today. So, Kyle, last summer you got to compete in the uh, World Championships in Eugene, mm-hmm. Oregon. What was it like being a part of the first World Championships on U.S. soil and to be part of the of Team USA, which had a lot of success, success at the uh, World Championships? Man, it was it was nothing like it. It was a really, really great experience, a really fun experience at the same time. But, um, you know, it was it was a great learning experience for me as well. I, I got to take in a lot of great stuff from the USA decathletes that I also competed alongside. But, you know, I got to take a lot from my competitors as well. And just, you know, the I guess the expertise that they have. I mean, competing against, you know, guys like Kevin Mayer. Pierce LePage and even like um, Damian Warner, some of the best decathletes to ever do it. Two of those guys having scored over 9,000 points, one of them and Kevin Mayer being the world record holder. It's like, <laughs> these are, these are lessons that I'm going to take with me for the next 10, 12, 15 years. And so, you know, it's, it's, it was a great experience, but it made me even hungrier to get ready for the next season and the seasons to come, because I just know there's a lot of potential. And I know that this was, you know, kind of my first, you know, feel for, for this senior competition and to have that home crowd was made the, made the moment even better. So it was, it was a great experience, a lot of fun, but it was also a lot that I was able to take from it in a learning experience. And, and I'm just ready for the next one. What was your favorite part about, uh, about the experience at Worlds besides competing? I would probably have to say just the energy that Team USA brought, the energy that we brought as a team, but also the energy that the fans brought. I mean, even when I wasn't competing and was just standing in the stands, I could feel the incredible support, like anybody that had USA across their chest when they were, when they were announced, the whole, whole stadium erupted. And there was, there was nothing like that that I've ever experienced before. So that was, that was absolutely incredible to, to feel. That's awesome. So uh, being in the decathlon, what event is your favorite event? I would say um, it's a close, uh, close tie probably between the high jump and hurdles. Um, my PR on high jump is is seven two, um, and hurdles is thirteen seventy one. So pretty fast, and I can jump pretty high as well. So I don't think I could really give it to either one or the other. So I'd probably have to give it to both. Yeah. What's your least favorite event in a decathlon? Um, I'd probably have to say the 1500 just because I'm, you know, a bigger guy and it's, it's, it's a lot to get all this weight around the track three and three quarter times. So, you know, that, that would probably have to be my least favorite. Yeah. I'm a distance runner. So I prefer the longer distance. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. A lot of people, they tell me, it's like, how do you run that, that, that long of a distance? Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but I, I'm, I ask you, like, how can you, like, jump that high or just, like, or do pole vault and just, like, mm-hmm. pole vault, that, that's, like, probably, like, the event that I'm, like, I can't believe people can do so well. Yeah, yeah, no, pole vault has definitely been an area that I've, you know, struggled with at first, but I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge in it. You know, I'm actually starting to get pretty, pretty good at it, I would say. I mean, I have a PR of just under 16 feet in that, so. I'm not, I'm not terrible, but I'm also not the best. And there's still a lot of room for improvement, but you know, that's, that's another fun event too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
competing in the SEC. Uh, everybody thinks of the SEC being a college football conference, the best college right. football conference in the country. It's also got a really good reputation for track and field, a lot of great mm-hmm. athletes that come from the SEC. What's it like competing in the SEC conference? It's it's nothing like it. I mean, when I was younger, before I came into college, my dream was to to compete in an SEC meet. And um, now to be able to have competed in three or four SEC uh, championship meets um, to date, it's, it's an incredible feeling, you know, and to be able to compete at a high level and to actually put together great numbers to get some gold medals and everything at, at these big meets, it's, it's like a dream come true, but it's, it's, it's definitely been a surreal feeling, but at the same time, it's just super fun, a great learning experience. And it ultimately brings about a lot of stories that I'll be able to tell my kids in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So many, so many great athletes that come out of the SEC. And so competing in the SEC, you're also a multiple time SEC champ and are a two time All American slash runner up. Uh, going into the season, what are you working on to propel yourself to become a national champion? I don't think I'm trying to do anything different than I did last year. Um, I know last year was a very long season. The biggest thing I'd probably say is just maintaining, maintaining my health um, throughout the season. Um, being smart about where I, where I exert my energy throughout the season as well. Um, just so that I'm able to produce good numbers and peak at the right time. But other than that, everything that I did last season, I think was, was really, really good. And, you know, I just got to keep executing and keep applying that pressure where I did last season. And I think, you know, that national championship is definitely insights. What's your uh, favorite, uh, favorite type of recovery? I, I like a lot of active recovery. A lot of people, they think that recovery just is about laying down. But I think to really get the body to recover, but also not tighten up, you know, some good longer runs or, you know, some recovery circuits with just activating the core and warming the body up. I like to do a lot of active stuff rather than just sitting down and, you know, just just letting my body tighten up or rest or get too cold. Good stuff. Um, you said you just not got into the world championships, but you also set a collegiate record on top of that. Take me yes. through that. The collegiate record um, competition that I had this year was, it was nothing really like it. Um, going into the competition, my biggest, um, my biggest, I guess you could call a cue for myself was to have a really, really strong first two events. And I knew that if my first two events were on par the way I wanted them to be, that it was going to really propel me. The energy would take me through the, the last eight events. And, you know, I PR to my hundred and PR to my long jump as well. And once I did those two events, I knew that it was going to be a crazy, incredible competition. You know, I wasn't expecting the big score of 87-20 like I did. But at the same time, I knew that there was going to be a really, really big score. And, you know, ultimately nobody could really deny me from uh, making that USA team. So, I mean... I had to do whatever I had to do to make that team. And I did. So it was, it was a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, being a, a multi-athlete, you got, you get to compete in multiple events. Sometimes uh, you compete in the morning, maybe in the afternoon. What's a meet day like for you as a multi-track athlete? Meet days in, in the collegiate season are usually um, later in the afternoon. Um, some meets we get, in the mornings um but for me it really consists of I get up and you know 
I go get breakfast, um, try to get up at a decent time so I can get breakfast before I get my body ready and, you know, get dressed and ready for competition. I'll go get breakfast and, and kind of zone in. Sometimes I'll talk with my teammates. Other times I'll just kind of sit and be on my phone just to kind of take my mind away from actually competing. But once I get back in my room and, and I'm like ready to actually start getting ready for the day and the competition, I like to put on music. Um, it really kind of depends on my mood. Sometimes it'll be rap. Other times it'll be R&B. Other times I have gospel music going or whatever the genre is for that specific day. And I like to get myself just in the zone of, you know, just having fun. I'm usually dancing around the room and just kind of keeping a lighthearted um, mentality um, while I get myself ready. And, you know, I just kind of take that same energy and try to take that into into competing so that I'm just having fun the whole time. Yeah. So like. So you go on the track and in the field, do you sometimes do your jumps and then you go do a track event and then you have to go back and do your other jumps? Sometimes. Um, if it's an open meet and um, if the schedule kind of crosses over with uh, the running track events or the field events, sometimes I'll be running back and forth. But um, when it comes to doing a decathlon or heptathlon, all the events are in succession. So I never have to really run back and forth between my events. It's just kind of straight through get done all my attempts in a throw or get done all my attempts in a jump and then, you know, move on to the next event. Very good. Uh, during your career, uh, what's your favorite indoor and outdoor track venue that you've uh, competed in? For an indoor venue, I would probably have to say Arkansas. They have a really fast and a really bouncy track. I have uh, had very, very good um, high jump competitions as well as really fast um, 60 times at Arkansas indoors and outdoor. I love competing in Eugene. There's there's nothing like that atmosphere, just the way the the stands are all the way around. And it's a it's a lot of people in there. And then the technology that they have for the sound to be bouncing off the top of the ceiling and really come down onto the track. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing like that energy that's created in Hayward. Yeah, yeah, I, I worked I worked uh, the uh, high school uh, Nike outdoor national meet there okay. for the past nice. two years at nice. Hayward, and it just like blows me away just yeah. going through that whole uh, stadium, not just like inside the track, but then like through the athlete tunnel and right. just walking around, just seeing all the history and just like how they built that whole stadium up. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. It really is. I've I've never rate I've never been to Arkansas, but I've had mm -hmm. teammates that have competed there before, and that's like okay. their favorite. Yeah, no, a lot of people that I know as well as as well as myself like Arkansas for indoor specifically. Both of the uh, track athletes that have came on, one has said Hayward's been their favorite, which is no mm -hmm. surprise to me. I think. Yeah. Right. What what is your least favorite venue that you've competed in? What's an indoor and outdoor venue that you just did not like going to? I don't really think there's been that many venues that I haven't liked competing at. For outdoors, we haven't really competed at that many bad tracks. I've had great performances at all the tracks that I've been at outdoors as well. So uh, probably for a visual standpoint, when it comes to pole vault, I might have to say Texas A&M. Um, I think just the the visual of everything is it's very very bright the white backgrounds and everything the white walls I think it makes the death perception a little off or Birmingham the crossplex might be one of my my least favorites as well my least favorite like indoor tracks are the ones that are 200 flat mm -hmm. yeah 200 flat we actually um I haven't been to a 200 flat indoors um so 
I, I can't really say, but you know, I've I've heard a lot of people say that the two hundred flats indoors um, aren't the best. You're not missing much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, what if any uh, for anybody out there that's uh, pursuing a dream, maybe in track and field or just like anything in general, uh, what advice would you give them? I would probably say whatever you whatever a person is choosing to do, always remember to have fun with it. I mean. Uh, there's, there's a kind of cliche saying, but if you're not having fun with it, then that's when you're done with it. And that's kind of what I live by. And I think that's what everybody else should live by. I mean, because we don't have that much time and, you know, time is very precious. And, um, I think that everything that you should do, you should try to find some fun in it, whether you're enjoying it with people that you, you genuinely care about or love, or whether it's just, this is your, your complete passion. Um, you should, you should find a way to have fun with it. Awesome advice. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thanks. Thank you. Kyle, do you have any potential NIL deals with the, that you got coming? And also, do you have any ideas what you want to do with the freight train nickname? You know, I, I have a few things in the works. And next semester when we get in the season, I probably will have, you know, some some more that I'll that I want to want to um, socialize a little bit. Um, but I definitely think that people could see some freight train merch coming in the near future in the, in the outdoor season or going into my professional career. So definitely, definitely be on the lookout for some freight, freight train merch very soon. All right. Well, you got any social media platforms that you're willing to promote for, for maybe followers of, of you or any other aspiring track athletes to reach out to you for advice? Yeah, um, my Instagram is my main social media platform. Uh, it is K-G-A-R-L underscore 18. That's where you can find me. I post a lot of a lot of my workout film. And if if people want to hit me up in my DMs, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to to, you know, answer some questions here and there, you know, kind of kind of give people some encouraging advice. So, yeah, my Instagram um, that is K-G-A-R-L underscore 18. All right. Do you have uh, a Twitter? Or any other? Uh, yes, I do. It's actually a funny Twitter name, but it's it's a name that I used to go go by uh, throughout middle and high school. But it's at the dude zero zero one eight. All right, so we got the nickname the dude and the nickname the freight train. Uh, I think uh, freight train's a better name than the dude. Yeah, I like I like freight train a lot better. That's the one that really stuck. So I'm a I'm gonna stick with that one. Hey Kyle, we really appreciate you coming on and. Sam, he has, you know, some experience. He competed in cross country and mm-hmm. Emporia mm-hmm. State in Emporia, Kansas. So right. that's where we're at. We're in Kansas. But you provide a lot of great insight about your time so far competing in Athens and mm-hmm. your, you know, your, your path as an athlete. I appreciate it, man. It was, it was great to be on this. And, you know, I love I love talking about what I love to do and, and, you know, hopefully it can inspire somebody else to either uh, join the sport or, you know, just keep, keep going with it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do this year. I appreciate it.
For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.